Hello everyone and welcome back to another new episode of Mtangote's podcast. My name is Jim Tambo and today I have the pleasure of talking again to Yakub Shimek, a co-founder of Shadow and an author of Wisdom Enterprises. With Yakub we'll discuss the uh, fascinating intersection of the great resignation, uh, automation and the power of AI. Uh, Yakub, welcome again uh, to Mtangote's podcast. Uh, Jude, good to see you. I'm happy that we are doing this recording together of Daily Biologies in the second season. Thank you for all of this uh, showing uh, to of this podcast. Now, um, in a recent article, you wrote about the great uh, resignation um, and its potential to lead to great automation. Would you uh, please expand on the idea uh, for our audience? Yeah, I mean, currently, you know, it might be the the, the causes for great automation might be uh, varied and not just the great resignation. It's more like a remnant of the COVID era where people were like <laughs> buying uh, stocks, uh, like the meme stocks on, I don't know, using Robinhood or Revolut and uh, like cashing out their so-called steamy checks in the West, you know, like, um, yeah, in some countries like the US, you mm-hmm. know, they uh, during COVID people had like, uh, many people went remote, uh, like started to work remotely. They they got some mm, like government subsidies uh, because of COVID, uh, and and yeah, and they were kind of like uh, many many people like resigned or didn't return to work, you know, or they were like um, able to find different different types of uh, jobs, and especially because of. Um, the uncertainty of lockdowns many people left service jobs so like today you have like um, underemployment and uh, uh, yeah a lo- uh, yeah many uh, many many jobs uh, are unfilled in the service sector so there, there was the uh, great resignation and like the the thesis is that it will lead to great automation um, yeah, that was kind of like the COVID kind of thesis or thinking of Balaji. Currently, we could also maybe say that the this new financial crisis or what Balaji calls fiat crisis 2.0, uh, yeah, usually this kind of crisis leads to big changes. And so if there is some progress in automation, uh, people will, I mean, not just people, I mean, uh, companies will try to cut costs and so... Um, yeah, the robotics uh, robotics can uh, uh, yeah replace people who are missing due to let's say demographics like the too many uh, old people compared to young people in the West, uh, but it can also replace uh, workers in case of some kind of like a serious economic downturn. Um, that's fascinating, Jakub. It seems like that uh, the great uh, resignation as a inadvertently um, became catalyst for technological progress. Now you mentioned in your article that AI has the potential to boost um, egalitarian uh, qubits in size while also shrinking high-performing sovereign collectives. Can you elaborate on that point, please? Yeah, it's like kind of like an intro to this uh, article. So the kibbutzes, you know, it's like a kind of... um, 
it's uh, like some kind of communitarian uh, projects uh, in Israel where usually around agriculture, but not necessary. There are also some kind of high-tech uh, kibbutzes and also like okay, high-tech agriculture, uh, uh, agricultural ones. And these are kind of like egalitarian communities, you know, like people are sharing equally and they're like small size, you know, like I don't know, uh, 500 people maximum, if I remember correctly, some 400 people, something like that. And so the idea here is that, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, communism doesn't work. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. that's uh, like one of the uh, few lessons of uh, that can be uh, said of, of economics and uh, so-called like macroeconomics, uh, because it's like very difficult to run scientific experiments in macroeconomics, you know, or something that is resembling scientific experiments, meaning like, um, because you can't run like uh, some kind of counterfactual uh, or see the counterfactual like what would happen if the country let's say didn't adopt certain uh, political or economic ideology uh, and there's few exceptions like if you look at I don't know western Germany and eastern Germany you know before uh, before the Berlin Wall fell and you can see like okay you have the same population you split it and you see one is running certain ideology and becomes poorer and kind of uh, also the culture changes and it's like the culture is uh, feeding, it feeds on uh, economics and the economics is changing the culture. So it's like, um, and uh, you see that it was like the homogeneous population and it kind of, it becomes poorer, you know, over time because of communism. So like, okay, communism doesn't work, uh, let's say also with South Korea and North Korea, you can do, you can see something similar, you know, like North Koreans are uh, often starving, South Koreans don't. Um, and of course, uh, then you can uh, you can have some more intriguing cases like with China, let's say kind of swapping the back end. So they kept the communist logos, I mean, the, uh, the branding, but they swapped the back end, as Balaji says, like so they got inspired by Lee Kuan Yew and the Singapore story. So the story of uh, from the fir uh, third world to first. So that's like also the name of the book by Lee Kuan Yew. And so, yeah, I mean, okay, so the communism doesn't work in a large, a large scale, but like, um, as uh, let's say uh, Nassim Taleb uh, explains kind of uh, nicely uh, that uh, various politics, uh, that politics and political ideologies are scale dependent. So they are not scale free. Scale free means fractal. So if you see like all these like nice kind of looking fractals, uh, for example, like a cauliflower is also like a fractal. Uh, you know, if you take a part of the cauliflower, uh, like a certain type of cauliflower, it looks like the the whole cauliflower. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it's like you zoom you zoom in zoom in, and it looks the same. Therefore, it's like fractal or scale free. And yeah. an interesting thing is actually that Africans invented fractals like uh, some four hundred years sooner than Europeans. You know, like oh, wow. some. Uh, African uh, settlements, they resemble <laughs> fractals, you know, like you, you have few few houses in a, some kind of setting. Yeah. And if you zoom out uh, or zoom in, it kind of the, the settlement looks the same. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like the, yeah, so the, the fractals. So it also means scale free. Um, 
meaning it's easy to easy easy to scale um yeah and uh, political ideologies are not fractal or not uh, scale free says talib meaning like uh, you can have communism that is working perfectly fine but uh, within uh, on the scale of a family you know like you don't keep some kind of like double entry accounting in family like i gave you two apples and you owe me one you should invoice you should pay my invoice you know in the family so it's kind of like uh uh everybody gets uh, according to his needs and uh, everybody tries to contribute according to his or her uh, abilities in the family and it, it it goes even to the extended family you know like uh, in in the west before industrialization uh, we uh, well uh, i don't know slovakia wasn't part of the west but uh, it doesn't matter uh, we know we used to have like three generational families or big large families in the south Southern Europe, you still have some kind of like big larger families or more like a family oriented uh, culture. So but if you take like some kind of like a band, um, band level or what you call clan as well, you know, so you maybe communism can work in these kind of like smaller, uh, smaller scales and smaller units. And now the thesis of Balaji uh, here is that technology actually can um, increase uh, the viability of uh, uh, elite elite uh, communities, let's say like high performing teams. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, it can shrink the, the size of high performing teams. We can see it uh, currently with AI startups, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you can have like two or three people starting an AI startup and before you would have to have like, I don't know, uh, 10 or 20 people you know like uh, there is this like uh, famous case of instagram uh, is beating kodak you know yeah. uh, so it's like 12 people or 14 people are uh, uh, have uh, won over 14,000 people you know it's just like okay they were maybe probably not directly competing but you you get the point that like a very small scale i don't know whatsapp also had like a couple dozen dozen people when it was sold like for or yeah. billions uh, back then it was like a really a really huge number and so uh, ai can shrink this uh, even uh, uh, even even like 10x so instead of 30 people you get three people and it's kind of you know it's like you can observe it so you have now like smaller teams and therefore also ai startups in the current environment like the 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 vc funding dried out and the Silicon Valley is kind of uh, just basically the, the 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 recession there is quite severe and it's also kind of just starting. It's very sad, but like these AI startups are an exception. And they uh, there, if you have like just three people teams, you also require much less money, much less uh, capital investments. So this is on the kind of elite performing. Uh, uh, side so you get like elite teams uh you know like let's say it's something like sports team is but in the in the area uh, area or uh, arena of startups and they are shrinking thanks to technology but you can actually go the opposite direction this is just like kind of um this is not directly biology's uh, idea but it's kind of uh a very it's resulting from it he has a bit uh, related idea uh, and a chapter in his book called uh, China may uh, may be able to make a pencil. Uh, it's, it's titled similarly. I'm not sure if I if I got the the chapter title right, but uh, it's um, 
it's a story like kind of related to a story in economics uh kind of uh, kind of like a libertarian idea about like how it's actually very difficult to produce even the simplest thing like a pencil you know you have whole the a whole supply supply chains going into it uh, so Balaji has this idea and I will elaborate it later uh, like uh, how AI can actually make like central planning uh, um, much more efficient like in China Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but a related idea, but connected to egalitarianism is like these kibbutzes, you know, let's say they have like in Israel, these kind of egalitarian com- uh, communities, um, they, uh, you know, they're also sharing, uh, like, uh, kind of sharing in a more equal manner. Okay. You can say like these elite teams are more like libertarians or right wing kind of uh, ideology. And these like egalitarian teams are like more left wing. And uh, the the thesis here is that AI can actually, mm, or robotics more uh, generally. So uh, can also make these uh, more egalitarian teams larger, you know, so like robotics can support uh larger populations uh you know like um they can make like efficient uh, let's say the agriculture much more efficient like i don't know with vertical farming hydroponic uh farming um i don't know battery solar um many other technologies like getting water i don't know from from air using uh, solar energy things like that uh, that may sound like sci-fi but uh, basically, in theory, um, at least that's the hypothesis. You know, you can you can support like larger uh, egalitarian communities, like with uh, with technology and with robotics. So if you choose yeah. to, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So so that's like the the, uh, the therefore like when you asked uh, or uh, about kibbutzes and also elite performing teams. So elite teams can shrink and uh, and the opposite, like the egalitarian teams can uh, or egalitarian communities can expand thanks to robotics and AI. Mm-hmm. Um, it's re- remarkable to think about the transformative power of AI and uh, automation in reshaping the dynamics of uh, communities and business. Um, now you also to- touched up upon the rise of AI, drones, and uh, virtual reality, which uh, the authors of the sovereign individual did not participate in, in their 1999 predictions. How do you, uh, I mean, how do these technologies influence the notion of a sovereign individual? Right. So, like the sovereign individual, I, I haven't read the book. I read just like parts of it, and mm-hmm. it uh, it's a book uh, from 1999, I think. Yeah, that uh, kind of uh, yeah. Oh, you also mentioned it, right? But uh, that uh, influenced lots of people, like Peter Thiel and also Balaji. It's kind of like I don't know, libertarian bible, um, and it's quite fascinating because. <laughs> It's like the, uh, I don't know, the, uh, you know, like uh, when they were writing it, like uh, uh, the US was the, the sole hyperpower, you know, like the French called it like hyperpower, you know, it wasn't like just superpower, but it was like uh, totally dominant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they could, the, the authors, uh, the British authors, if I'm correct, uh, they, they could see like, uh, past the nation state into the future like they predicted something like bitcoin you know they they predicted digital currencies um and they basically predicted someone like elon musk you know 
And actually, okay, uh, our friend Alexander Bard, you know, he he wrote a book just like a, a one year later, or yeah, I think it was 2000, uh, called The Netocrats. Uh, so basically, uh, talking about similar pe- people. Let me let me check the 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 year, but it was something like early 2000s, right? Maybe even 2000, mm-hmm. if I if I'm correct. Yeah. And he kind of predicted people like. Um, the founders of Google, you know, but now if you take Elon Musk, you know, you, if you, if you want to see like who is sovereign individual, you just take Elon Musk and how he was greeted recently in China, you know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's kind of related also to another like um, uh, article, another biologism, uh, which is like, um, you know, the, the, you, you have, the N- NYT versus BTC versus CCP, yeah. you know, and you can actually, it, yeah, it's it's easier to to think in like kind of three kind of uh, like triads or like um, like uh, trilemmas or something like three points, right? So you have like the NYT is like soft power, CCP is like hard power, meaning like they can do really good infrastructure. I mean, uh, they can do infra, infra really, really fast and really well. Uh, soft power, it's like uh, persuasion, like the mass media, you know, like the NYT is like kind of like upstream of other news outlets, uh, biologicals than downstream media. And BTC is like the new, like the crypto capital. You can also call these like woke capital, the NYT crypto capital. And BTC is like the flag of technology and also the flag of crypto. Yeah. And then you get like CCP and they're quite heavy on AI. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's very simplified. Uh, but uh, but if you think about someone like <laughs> uh, like Elon Musk, uh, yeah, okay, you can also just like just just to uh, elaborate just like one second more, you can also think about like social, like the social technology, like social networks and uh, NYT. Okay, they're um, uh, at least like uh, recently they were still like kind of upstream of social you know like uh, if N- nyt could kind of like fire people like um the 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 uber ceo for i don't know just uh, misbehaving or trying to, to to go against legacy media uh, but not vice versa you know so the nyt can uh, fire uh, a sitting president uh, and it's actually it's like stochastic soft power is stochastic but uh, hard power is deterministic so mm-hmm. stochastic means like um, it's probabilistic so it's like one article will not get you fired but if you get like 10 yeah. articles from yeah. like I don't know Washington Post New York Times The Economist Financial Times I don't know and, and all are kind of like going against let's say some kind of bureaucrat <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know some let's say someone F- FDA if they went like and they 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 ran like t- tens of uh, dozens of articles about like this one person and some big scandal at the agency uh, probably that person would <laughs> yeah. uh, either get fired or yeah his career would take a, a big hit you know and mm-hmm. not vice versa usually you know like usually you you know it's uh, maybe in in China you can fire journalists but in uh, in democracies it's usually the other way around you know um, yeah, yeah journalists can get you fired but not vice versa so 
<laughs> right uh, but uh, so so social is like the nyt at least like it's again oversimplified but it was kind of upstream of uh, let's say zuckerberg they can criticize zuckerberg but not vice versa um um, now it's changing, right? But it was it was like that. And so you have AI and let's say CCP, you can like map it on it. Like they are quite heavy on robotics. Like they are, they they have these like drones, uh, which are uh, quite quite good. Like uh, like first class uh, drones. Uh, J. Uh, now I forgot the name of the. It's like three letters. Uh, CJ CJ something CJI. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. like this. Uh, uh, these these drones are quite quite good. Um, what what I heard, and Balaji talks about it as well, but I haven't checked uh, into the into the company. But if you take uh, EVs, like they can produce like really nice uh, electric cars, like EVs, and you can also think about EVs like kind of big robots, you know, like yeah. especially if they are like uh, autonomous driving, they're electrical. There's a lot of com- uh, computation going on there. Uh, yeah, and if you uh, and now if you take uh, crypto and okay, crypto capital, uh, so uh, yeah, I mean it's obvious. Uh, it's like um, yeah, okay. So these three technologies like AI, social, and crypto, uh, and again like woke capital, crypto capital, and communist capital. And now going back to sovereign individually, so you have someone like Elon Musk, and he's quite good at social because he bought Twitter, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's also good at um, okay. <laughs> he's like good at memes and like all this Dogecoin and Bitcoin here and there. Uh, and he's also good at AI. You know, he he's running like uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of yeah. companies. He has his own robotics company, right? So yeah, he was found um, also of OpenAI. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like um, okay. And you can also think about like a kind of like to have like some kind of optimize uh, the strategy um let's say of uh of this triangle like btc nyt and ccp so in in theory uh i mean you could kind of try to uh, get attention of nyt either being like trolling them or like i don't know uh in ideal case if they were like technologically progressive you know which they are not definitely not they would like write nice things about you you know like nyt you can also kind of um and you can but uh, anyhow you can get attention of them somehow even just like by trolling uh trolling them or trolling someone and they will write about you uh and it's also kind of easy to get attention of let's say the crypto crowds you know like they were they're quite you know we are quite we are very happy if someone i don't know like if someone from el salvador you know like someone like you know central african republic el salvador they were they would be like another like palau you know yeah. uh, dubai singapore or now hong kong you know now you read like ah oh, hong kong is like uh, allowing crypto and it's like we we are happy you know so if there are some let's say random country like slovakia or slovenia we we have populations we uh, uh, less less uh, populations that are smaller than uh, um, you know a Nairobi yeah uh, like five million or two million and if you get like uh, like a, some kind of small country uh, like I don't know being pro crypto like openly pro crypto you know like the whole world kind of notices uh, yeah. you know people start writing about them let's say NYT would criticize them but like the the Bitcoin crowd would 
would get like really excited and like write tons tons of tweets okay but my point is like uh but it's kind of difficult to get the attention of the hard power like here the ccp you know it's like you would <laughs> you know because it's like it's like talking is not enough you know like or just like uh you know they they might not be so much impressed by you know it's like okay if you troll uh if you troll them probably they would get angry and they would like uh, i don't know criticize you or something but like there are not so many people who uh get the attention of um of the hard power you know like yeah. uh, the uh, like the the chinese and uh, you you need to really out execute them let's say in hard power in like robotics in uh, uh, in technology and engineering um meaning like uh elon musk uh, actually he managed to get the the local regulations and laws in shanghai um uh, augmented or changed for he, in his favor favor <laughs> you know because like normally the the legacy automakers in china they need to form joint joint ventures with chinese companies and if i uh, if my understanding is correct and if i remember correctly he managed to get some kind of exception or somehow uh, or maybe there were some other rules but uh, what, what i read uh, he managed to change rules in China in his favor, you know, to to build a gigafactory there. And now he's like considering to build another gigafactory for like the Tesla uh, to, uh, or another car factory for Tesla two. Mm -hmm. model model two and okay just like okay so and he gets like this red carpet uh, treatment in china meeting various ministers you know <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's totally opposite from the u.s where the the legacy press i mean the the legacy media or what Balaji calls downstream media they totally hate elon and they're like uh yeah. i don't know they just i i mean imagine they they try to paint him in the worst kind of uh picture possible uh the worst picture possible and it's like every day some kind of really like nasty attack and like kind of insincere attack just like every every other day and uh, that's the guy who managed to get uh in uh ukraine online you know after russians yeah. destroyed their telecommunication network and he managed to get a, a, a ukraine online in two days yeah. i mean he delivered in 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 few hours actually but he delivered uh, he managed to to get his starlink uh technology to ukraine in two days okay there were some state actors that is uh, that helped in these logistics and deliveries i'm sure he didn't uh, he didn't do it alone but like just the the idea that okay the Ukraine, Ukrainians are using his products to get online yeah. and to get their message out, to to tweet about all these atrocities and to actually communicate between each other. So he's like vital for their security and for their survival as a country. Uh, but anyhow, but like nobody gives him a praise, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, maybe they can say no, nobody in the West, nobody in the Western media, maybe they say like, oh, it's a contra uh, the, the Elon Musk is controversial, but he's uh, beloved by the Ukrainians, they, mm. you know, they will <laughs> never, they never give him a break, you know, never ever, and co compare it to the uh, the Chinese, uh, the, the how, like, you know, how they, the, how they are crazy about him. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. And, uh, and it's also uh, it's kind of interesting that he is like the remnant of the old days, like pre prior to 2008, you know, the financial crisis. And before that, you get like this globalization period where actually China and the U.S., they were 
there were there was this concept of uh, Ch uh, Ch America, like China and America together. So uh, now the Elon Musk he said like uh, America and China they're like conjoined twins, so they should like work together and they shouldn't go into war and stuff like that. So it's like really interesting, but. But all this, okay, I'm talking too much about Elon Musk, but it's this is all just to illustrate that he is the sovereign in, individual. He's like the goat, you know, yeah. the, the great, uh, the greatest of all times uh, in terms of entrepreneurship. And Balaji talks about him also in these uh, terms because he has like these companies that actually are quite different, and they're like I don't know. He has the most. Um, now, the most valuable private company, SpaceX, you know, and uh, I think it will go public soon. I'm not sure. Uh, he bought Twitter. <laughs> and I don't know, recently, if you if you saw this clip, the, uh, I think the Babylon B guys, they yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I <laughs> watched the whole. Kind of, yeah. I, yeah, I just watched the, the part, you know, where they give him some kind of like IOU note, like 40, yeah. 4 billion dollars. Which is what's forbidden. <laughs> yeah, and he says like, well... <laughs> Soon, 44 billion won't be that much money. <laughs> yeah, probably is uh, is also raising another big signal, you know. Uh, yeah, 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 outside yeah. there, you know. And Balaji like... was uh, Balaji was uh, actually re retweeting this part, so it's like, yeah, yeah it's funny. <laughs> but okay, so he's like he's he's the the prototypical sovereign individual or a netocrat, to use uh, Alexander Bard's language. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he he has probably much uh, much more cloud or power than let's say Slovakia. You know, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, if he bought Twitter, is like I don't know, Slovakia is like double dead or something like that, or I don't know, I just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, something in that range or triple dead yeah. or you know, you know. And mm -hmm. interestingly, you know, like uh, how much money evaporated, let's say from Silicon Valley Bank, is like more more than our GDP and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, right. So, okay, you have these kind of exceptional individuals, and there are just few, you know, because mm, even even if you take like uh, you know uh, Bernie Sanders, he calls uh, he talks about the, the millionaires and billionaires in one sentence, you know? <laughs> but actually there are like a couple of millions of millionaires in the U.S. Usually it's because people uh, own a house and the house is in a good location, and so it's like worth let's say a million uh, dollars. Yeah. But there are a couple, uh, lots of millionaires actually, millions of millionaires only in the U.S. Uh, but in the whole world, there are like 3,000 something billionaires. So it's like much more smaller community. And if you take the, like these 3,000 billionaires, uh, people like Elon Musk, I don't know, there may be dozen or, or less, you know, yeah. it's just like it's a very small, small world. Okay, but you can call them like so sovereign, in, uh, sovereign individuals. Uh, but now the Balaji uh, correctly uh, says that okay there are some kind of things that the authors of uh sovereign individual couldn't predict because i mean of course nobody's perfect i mean their predictions are amazing like let's say they predicted crypto but they haven't predicted the drones and vr and um and uh, robots. Robots in, in yeah yeah in robotics sorry yeah i say like they, they didn't predict about autonomous robots you know mm. 
Yeah, yeah, and this can uh, change the dynamics. So, okay, uh, you have sovereign individual, but you can also have like individual sovereign, you know, like Xi, Xi, Xi Jinping, you know, like uh, he's like the one guy ruling the whole country. So it's like yeah. the reversal of that. And you can have like a, the autonomous robot, you know, so, uh, you know, and um, uh, yeah. And then you also have sovereign colloc- collective, you know, so yeah. not, not just like one person, but let's say some something like what happened now in Zuzalu uh, in uh, in Montenegro, you get like uh, people like Vitalik and his crew, uh, uh, like Vitadel guys. Um, in the uh, pop-up you know, city. Yeah, and they made up like a pop-up city or a pop-up network state, if 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 you will, for two months. You know, it's like so people come and they they live in some kind of like a nice place for two months. So, <laughs> and Balaji kind of jokes, you can like 10x uh, this and you will get a permanent network state somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but it's possible. You know, and actually, it's very, quite aligned to also what Alexander Bart uh, talks about, like with these like Burning Man and okay, Balaji talks about Building Man. But if you take something that is kind of like uh, you are just living in the moment, let's say for three days, being at some music music festival or let's say some workshop, and imagine like having uh, having this, but like extending it for a. Uh, whole year or f- forever and maybe uh, Alexander Bard would like disagree uh, because he would say like actually the the temporary quality of, of this is important it's like if you are in some kind of bliss for a few minutes it's amazing but if it would take like eternity it would be like turning into a hole it's an interesting kind of like counter argument but I mean, but you can imagine something like having creating a community of um, maybe not uh, not some kind of music festival, but where people are partying all the time because probably yeah, you don't want to be partying all the time. You would <laughs> become a junkie probably or something, you know. But um, but yeah, I mean, if you imagine something like a building man and something like more like family friendly kind of festival, let's say we have one like this uh, called Pohoda. And, uh, for example, they don't sell hard alcohol there, just like beers and stuff like that. And they're, not everybody's you're drinking. And you also have drinking. the wine tasting, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it normally in December? Uh, yeah, I think it's there. Various cities have various, uh, various traditions. And uh, I don't know, we were one. Yeah, I mean... Because December, I remember have, I, I was yeah, there like you in have 20, Christmas, 2014 the, and it was around almost Christmas time. It was yeah, in it was December. Like cri- Christmas market, you know, you have... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's maybe a good example because it takes like one month. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Christmas market where, that takes like one month, but, you know, but you go there like a few times and you are done. Um, yeah, like in the evening with the family and friends. Yeah, but... Okay, so okay, pop up network states, uh, sovereign collective, but going back to the autonomous uh, robot. So the autonomous robot can change this um, this uh, equation of like sovereign individual versus let's say sovereign country. You know, like Elon Musk being as powerful as uh, some small country. Yeah, that's like really interesting, uh, but. Uh, Mm, but autonomous robots are posing a challenge uh, in, in like because they can uh, let's say make totalitarian countries much more um, 
uh, um, ruthless or efficient you know uh, like okay there is this like the long night scenario uh, by John Robb it's like this digital authoritarianism now but actually Balaji talks about the digital lockdowns like um, being similar to like physical lockdowns from COVID but now you let's say your phone can get locked, uh, locked up or let's say your crypto to fiat uh, bridges stopped working like i don't know like you can't buy crypto with your um, uh, bank card uh, on coinbase or on kraken suddenly i don't know so it's like these things are happening but imagine that like but 10 times or 100 times more intense okay mm -hmm. so these are digital lockdowns but uh imagine uh with with robots they just need to be charged says balaji you know you just need to charge the robot and the robot doesn't need uh, uh vacations doesn't need um some Resting. kind of like uh rest ideology to run uh some kind of motivational speech you know <laughs> and uh so um you know like a very crucial uh, but this is very crucial for humans you know like some kind of ideals like american dream or chinese dream i don't know <laughs> europeans don't have their dream it's like uh, we are like uh, mm, like prometheus that fell from the skies and didn't die so we're just like walking around and vacationing it's like a retirement <laughs> park you know like amusement <laughs> amusement park here Mm -hmm. uh, or some kind of like a vacation center, vacation, I don't know what. Uh, yeah, a home for retirees. So, uh, yeah, but like usually you need some kind of dream, you know. And let's say also what we discussed before, like uh, orange, the orange coin is the new blue jeans. Yeah. So Balaji explains how in the Soviet Union, uh, actually the soldiers that were uh, kind of... Uh, going uh, after the, the these like protesters and like demonstrate uh, during these like demonstrations there were like this attempted coup at the end of Soviet Union in the 90s early 90s when the Soviet Union was crumbling but the soldiers didn't actually shoot you know they they didn't shoot because as Balaji says like they uh, they had a rock and roll and blue jeans they had this kind of dream in their in their minds like we actually want this like prosperity and freedom we want to become like like western uh, let's say uh, like the us or western europe we want to be free to travel we want to have nice things like luxury cars i don't know mercedes bmw mm -hmm. and actually jeeps you know like these old jeep wranglers i mean now they are old but back then they were like shiny and something they were like a status symbol of their local mafia later on you know like um Hmm. Yeah, and these like luxury cars, they're still big, I don't know, in these countries and also in Russia. Uh, so it's interesting, but they wanted all this prosperity, blue jeans and uh, these ideals of freedom, traveling, luxury. And so they, they didn't shoot because they just had enough of this like old regime, you know. And so but now imagine robots, <laughs> they don't need to have these ideals, you know, they just have like um, instructions. Yeah. and um or yeah uh, some kind of objective and they go after it and so uh this is uh, this is the kind of one of the um, uh counter theses or kind of blind spots of sovereign individual so mm -hmm. like yeah ro robotics over demographics here 
it's kind of but this is like more like a darker scenario and uh, the sovereign collective we dis we discussed as well yeah yeah, yeah. like mm -hmm. yeah indeed uh the world is witnessing a um a complex uh interplay between individual sovereignty and uh the emergence of new power dynamics uh but balaji also uh spoken about the concept of a lifeboat in places like venezuela or lebanon where bankrupt states uh, struggle to enforce order, it suggests that uh, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin provide a means to escape that tyranny. Would you shed some light on this perspective? Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, Bit Bitcoin or like some stable coins, you know, like in places like Le Lebanon, it's like, uh, where you can get uh get your money out you know like they're stuck in banks and um it's just like uh, something like in cyprus you 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 had these like bail-ins i mean it wasn't such a like severe crisis like in lebanon or in venezuela but instead of a bailout you get bail-in <laughs> meaning like you as a depository you need to chip in to save your bank you know especially okay it was like not a normal people like your uh bank deposits are protected uh, the, the different countries have different levels like the eu has like one one uh, i think it's uh 1000 euros oh sorry hundred thousand euros like so but uh, um the the amount about that was like a half so imagine everything what you had uh, about it and especially if you are like a company i'm not sure if it was like for individuals or companies but let's say they took almost like half of your money like the bank it just to because the banks failed and they mm, yeah they they, they needed this bail in by the, the uh, depositors but in places like Venezuela or Lebanon is like the next level, you know, it's like, uh, uh, or uh, what I heard also Nigeria, uh, like had something recently, like some uh, something like people went uh, to, uh, there were some exchanges of some notes, um, uh, bank notes, you know, and uh, people didn't get <laughs> the new ones or there was something like they, they put it in the bank and then they're waiting for something. I'm not sure uh, if I got it correctly, but a friend of mine who, was in Nigeria recently told me like they also have this like economic uh, situation there. Uh, okay, but in Venezuela, Lebanon, it was quite uh, like the, the the inflation there went like uh, the next level, and um, it was uh, yeah. And in in this situation, you know, like I don't know, in Venezuela, people were mining Bitcoin uh just uh, to get by. In Lebanon, they are using stable coins to pay, like in shops. And there are articles about it, like in Reuters and Bloomberg, and and it, that I that I post uh, quite often. I mean, there are more, but like these 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 two like I, I like. Mm. And so, okay, so this is like another kind of uh, uh, mm, mm, um, yeah. This is like another context, you know. Like currently, this was possible uh, because uh, because this like AI automation and robotics is not so uh, developed, you know. So let's say people, you know, uh, let's say police or uh, or military uh, police, they are kind of you need to pay police, right, uh, for, to work, yeah, right? I mean, uh, also Balaji talks about like how actually police are often like quite brave you know they they work for 
some kind of recognition and status and some kind of like loyalty to their country uh, because their pay is actually not that high uh, in many places but still you have to pay them so and when the uh, the country goes bankrupt let's say like venezuela or lebanon mm, uh you you get like the the system gets weaker you know and there are all these niches uh, opening let's say also in a negative sense let's say for organized crime but also in a positive sense for some experimentation let's say people are uh, using some alternative currencies right like bitcoin or some stable uh, stable uh, coins but uh in some kind of like sci-fi scenario where the AI and robotics is uh, much more developed, you can get like this long night scenario of digital totalitarianism or digital authoritarianism, where actually the robots can police you much better, which is uh, like, which can be more negative for crypto. So that's like the connection, you know, I was also kind of thinking like, okay, why did I mention Lebanon and uh, Venezuela there? But actually Balaji yeah. talks, uh, uses these, uh, these examples actually that people People are able to use crypto in these places because actually the police, uh, the policing uh, gets weaker. Mm, you know, like, but this might not be the case in the in in the future if the robotics uh, is like much more enhanced and the AI control is much more enhanced. Like, I don't know. Uh, like with social media, what we see now, like all the like the Twitter files and everything. You know, it's just something like. It's just the beginning, you know. It can get much, much more, uh, much worse. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a delicate uh, balance, indeed, uh, because the rise of AI surveillance and uh, drones present both uh, opportunity and risk uh, for individuals seeking freedom and autonomy. But um, well, as we near, um, uh, or as we come up to the end of uh, this uh, podcast, maybe. Uh, you mentioned also in your article that automation and AI can lead to greater uh, centralization, potentially resulting in doom scenarios like the long night, you said. Can you elaborate on these scenarios on their implications? Uh, right, right. So, okay, like uh, mm -hmm. crypto, like if unchecked, you know, if it's just like about the sovereign individual, but let's say... Uh, mm, uh yeah i mean if it's like just like uh, let's say bitcoin maximalism unchecked uh can produce something like a bit uh, like a mad mad max world you know like uh i mean it's not like i don't want to blame it on uh i don't know uh, libertarians or bitcoiners or something but it's just like it's kind of like a crypto anarchy which is Fine, as we had Uri uh, Bedner actually recently uh, we discussed with him and his idea is like okay crypto anarchy is not for everyone you know because you have like people who are invested in the the state and in in the the system let's say you have some elder people uh, who worked for their uh, whole a uh, whole life and they uh, they want to get their pensions, you know, and they rely on state, let's say, for healthcare. And uh, these like crypto anarchists, like him, like they are not against that. They just say like they want to do their own stuff, you know. They want to uh, just like leave them, leave us alone. Uh, and we want to create our parallel societies, parallel economies. Uh, I don't know uh, our crypto uh crypto i don't know uh, sandboxes and some kind of like uh innovation zones or special innovation zones 
and leave us alone so but in this like scenario of let's say like bitcoin maximalism uh, uh, uh unchecked uh, and if the whole world kind of falls apart let's say because of some huge financial crisis so you would get like just this kind of more like a bit uh, uh, like a Mad Max world, like in Venezuela, right? So there's like one scenario. If you take this triangle of like uh, crypto, uh, social and AI, like these three dominant technologies of today, if you take Bitcoin maximalism uh, uh, like uh, to the extreme, you get like the max, Mad Max world. And then like alternatively alternatively you can take social as the technology and like the nyt kind of like the the just the brand of this triangle and if this is unchecked uh you can get to something that what what i call is like the nu nuclear holocaust uh times you know so like sci-fi scenario where uh you know it's like now this is not bitcoin maximalism which is like a can be dangerous uh, when unchecked, but like, um, but this is like Twitter maximalism. So it's actually not about like some kind of ideology, but it's about like getting as much sta status um, in a zero sum world, like where you have like a global leaderboard where everybody is like competing for status, and you want to like. Um, also, like wokeism or woke capital is like about re redistribution of status between uh, groups, but actually it's not about like there are no uh, team dashboards. It's all about like individuals and uh, just like uh, just like the uh, Bitcoin maximalists are like super individualistic often, not always, but often. Uh, mm, the 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 wokes are also quite uh, individualistic they are actually competing between each other they are not that strong at crowdfunding together or like doing uh, stuff together they just like kind of try to shout uh, beyond each other and past each other so but in this kind of uh, uh, doom scenario you get something that i call nuclear holocaust times because it's basically <laughs> just uh you you get some kind of news like some rocket hits uh poland actually and you don't know if it's from russia or if it's like uh just by mistake from ukraine and you get some people on twitter just like no we should attack russia like well there is some kind of coward as balaji also says on, on some podcasts like yeah it's just like hot war with russia who cares you are just the coward you should go for it like yeah. all in and yeah just uh, get... just the same as the Nord stream one what happened you know it was yeah, yeah, yeah. almost blamed uh russia was almost blamed but it says somehow us did it you know yeah i mean it's kind of uh yeah people say it's quite likely because uh is you know who would benefit it's probably yeah i actually russians did some uh some similar stuff but like with some uh cables around norway like in some arctics and stuff it's basically it's just like some kind of play you know you're just sending a message because you have these re redundancies you know so let's say there are like two undersea cables and you you cut one just like it is to show like okay guys now you have just like one cable so mm -hmm. you know and then the, the other guys are like you know there is Nord Stream 2 Nord Stream 1 and then there is I don't know this like another pipe you know so they 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 blew the <laughs> blue one pipe so then there is only one so they like kind of destroying the redundancies yeah it's possible you know so then you have just like one and if that one is destroyed then it's kind of like game o going game over for that uh channel 
I mean, uh, their, that distribution uh, type or, or something. So, um, yeah, it's just a kind of like a brinkmanship, you know. But that, that's the thing, you know, like uh, in the in the Cold War, you had like this nuclear brinkmanship. So you you are also like you are very caref careful to do like uh, proxy wars, but not to engage directly. Yeah. Because if you engage directly, the, the, the idea is it can escalate very quickly. And, you know, like in the, the Second World War, you get like some 50 million people dead. It was like a very bad war. Yeah. And actually in this kind of event, uh, like a Second World War, you can, like you know, like more people can die of a violent death than like many, uh, many years. Even maybe you can get like one event, like one war where more people die during that war than uh, in uh, violent fights uh, in the entire history. You know, just like yeah. because you get big population and the technology is like asymmetric. And imagine now like, okay. Uh, like let's say 90s in some places where uh yeah i mean you maybe not 90s but you you get like actually this like you had cold war and it wasn't a peaceful era but there was some kind of equilibrium you know and then you had like these um hyperpower the u.s hyperpower and again like there were some like uh, regional wa wars, but they were not these like huge wars like Second World War, and especially after uh, for, uh, 1945 and after Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, but like this, uh, this kind of skills during the that Cold War era of this like nuclear brinkmanship, it's kind of uh, <laughs> it's almost gone. People don't know how to do this, you know. Like uh, also, like uh, many people don't know how to code like these old machines or like uh, repair some kind of stuff or produce some kind of parts of some weaponry. So these are like kind of civilizational skills that are um, mm, that we are losing as people retire. Uh, but uh okay just like but these like nuclear holocaust times is like what i call is because it's it's like nyt you know <laughs> yeah and actually holocaust is um uh, it's like one art project in germany it's like when people go to this like holocaust museum and they're like taking selfies there like with smiling and and there is like one artist who documented these people like there is the, like this monument and they're just like you know yolo <laughs> like you live only once, once you know? yeah. <laughs> just people being silly uh around the place where they, they should be uh, paying respect and they're just like you know taking selfies <laughs> for us uh instagram and we have one slovak politician a lady she's like a sports woman or i don't know how you call it mm -hmm. she's she also had this kind of photo <laughs> you know like mm -hmm. smiling wow. and kind of like a sexy pose <laughs> next to the <laughs> Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Back to the memorial is just uh, people are crazy, but okay. So this is like the Holocaust, so the nuclear Holocaust times. But basically, if you get this wrong, like imagine if uh, Elon Musk didn't buy Twitter, and actually uh, there was like um, they were actually intentionally uh, in algorithms they were like downplaying Ukraine uh, posts, you know, like before, uh, and probably I don't know why they were they were doing it, but probably uh, well it can probably help <laughs> help yeah. to prevent this scenario because if you know, imagine if you get like 
the more extreme content you produce around Ukraine, like like whatever narrative you are pushing, but like I don't know, it's like basically Twitter maximalism. So the more extreme content you produce, uh, and you you get like these amazing like likes and retweets, and you are incentivized to like be like even like uh, more reckless towards like I don't know uh, nuclear power where. Mm, yeah, they they might do, they might be like I don't know really <laughs> um, the perpetrator there and like it's whatever your opinion is it doesn't kind of matter but you still need to kind of um, observe some kind of diplomacy or um, especially if you are a politician you know but like politicians on Twitter they are behaving like like teenagers and like even some like liberals on Twitter, they were behaving like almost like fortune kind of like lunatics, you know, like during this war. So um, Dominic uh, uh, Cummings is his name. He has this like, uh, he had this post about like exactly this, uh, this topic. And uh, just like, uh, just uh, summarizing it, basically, you get like uh, 50 million people dead in uh, World War, uh, the Second World War, but uh, then you had like much more peaceful era uh, compared to the Second World War and quite prosperous, at least in the West. But like with something like a nuclear war be between uh, superpowers, you know, it's like probably also China would get hit just because of, you know, it's basically like the whole nor northern hemisphere would be uh, would be quite destroyed, and you would get like hundreds of millions of people dead. So which is like 10x, uh, you can mm -hmm. get like 10x, like 500 million people dead, like in this kind of event, yeah. which is like really bad doom scenario and. Um, yeah, I mean, we are getting closer to it uh, thanks to this Twitter maximalism. So, okay, so this is the social triangle, the Bitcoin or the, the Bitcoin maximalism, the crypto triangle. And the AI, just going back to your question, is the uh, the, the long night scenario of John Robb. Um, and you can call it the digital lockdown, as Balaji calls it now, now digital lockdown, uh, digital authoritarianism or totalitarianism. And it's something like social credit and like uh, ever-present, all-seeing all kind of like AI, uh, eyes, cameras, CCTVs and uh, getting um, your, uh, scanning your faces and let's say, uh, you know, somebody who is like doing some protests, like having some banners and like the, the AI can just scan those faces connected to phones. I don't know, imagine like you would get automatically like either your phone locked or or you you, you would just like you know it's something like you're Absolutely. jaywalking you <laughs> unpersoned like you can't buy a, a train ticket or a flight ticket or you just like jaywalk <laughs> across the street and uh, the camera sees your face and you automatically pay fine you know like to, you're, you're you just get notification on your phone like um, your money has been deducted <laughs> From your bank account, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so, but I think, uh, I think this is like uh, you. You can imagine the doom scenario, the uh, like uh, uh, going into extreme, and it's like uh, very difficult to escape this long, uh, long night, as we discussed, because of robotics or AI. You know, it's like cheap to run, and it's like for twenty four seven. Mm. Uh, like okay, AI is like software, but even robots are like. Um, they don't have these feelings about like blue jeans or orange coin and their kind of dreams. 
of a better future, but they just like uh, do and execute what uh, they're told to. And so, okay, you can end up like in this long night for like, let's imagine some dictatorship for hundreds of years or something like that. That's like the doom scenario. And maybe just to conclude on an optimistic note, because it's getting late, yeah, right? So, but but uh, but also like the opposite of these uh, these uh, things, like uh, I don't know the 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 CCP is like you must submit, uh, the NYT is like you must sympathize, and uh, uh, and crypto or BTC is like you must be sovereign. So like too much sovereignty can lead to this. A Mad Max, too much uh, uh, submission to this like long night, and too much sympathy uh, into like these uh, nuclear holocaust times, right? But also the opposite is not good. Like if you don't have uh, sympathy, you end up in a like um, low trust society, like the the Russia after the collapse of um, Soviet Union in the 90s. If you don't submit, you get something like San Francisco, where people are shoplifting. And uh, for nine hundred, oh, I mean nine hundred dollars, they still uh, nine hundred something dollars, and almost nothing happens to them. And uh, all these like uh, uh, drug addicts on the streets, are, like creating havoc and stuff like that. Mm, uh, cars being broken into, and uh, and if you are too much sovereign, okay, it's like you. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you, you, you. Uh, it's like kind of too much individualistic or there is not enough division of labor or you go against capitalism but if you are not sovereign enough uh you know it's just like uh you end up in this uh carl schwab uh kind of you know living in the pod eating bug the bugs uh, being happy uh, owning nothing and being happy which is also not good so um, you need some kind of balance and actually, just to end up on a positive note, you can find this kind of balance. You know, you can have like some kind of like, let's say, special innovation zones where you have some kind of like regulation sandbox where uh, you can actually play with the different kind of more egalitarian or elite societies uh, or let's say parts of the city where you have like some egalitarian part of the city, you have some elite part of the city and they 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 can live separately or they can like uh, go to parties like on a few days you know and you can have even something like a social uh, credit system that's like my idea not biologies but you could have something like that um uh if it's like opt-in and if the exit is easy you know the the ethics of it or like what is moral is to make the exit as uh, as easy as possible but okay biology has related idea of this like computational communities community resume you can think about it also something like social credit you know but it's yeah. like opt-in and it's uh so you can it's all about like uh, optimalism versus maximalism. We had a chat about it as well. So optimalism about like uh, what is optimal in this like um, having some team dashboards, uh, being pro-social, being positive some, um, having some community resume, being pro-tech, uh, investing in technology, but like being optimalist so like just like don't don't go into extremes uh in a, in either directions you know like so yeah <laughs> so robotics over demographics but like uh but demographics is important as well and people uh people are more than robots in some way in some other uh, uh in some other areas like yeah
that's a that's a crucial reminder, Jacob. And um, I mean, while automation and AI uh, offer numerous uh, benefits, we must be mindful of uh, the potential for unintended consequences because I think greater centralization can be a byproduct of these uh, advancements uh, as, power, as powerful entities leverage technology to uh, consolidate their influence. And this can have implications for societal uh, structure and ideologies, potentially scaling them beyond their natural scope. So we must uh, navigate these uh, challenges carefully to avoid dystopian um, outcomes and ensure a balance between uh, technological progress and uh, preservation of individual uh, liberties. Um, so as we forge ahead into a future driven by automation and AI, we must remain uh, vigilant and safeguard the principles that define our society. Well, um, that brings us to the end of uh, today's episode. Yakub, thank you uh, so much for joining me and uh, sharing your profound insights on the great uh, resignation, automation, and uh, the power of AI. Thank you, Dick. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed the conversation with Jakub Shimek. Please uh, don't forget to subscribe, give this episode a thumbs up, and be sure to come back uh, next week for another episode. Until then, this is Duke Mutambo, and don't forget to do good always. <laughs>